This is the Converge Podcast. We meet at 10.30 every Sunday morning at Heritage Baptist Church in the chapel. This is a group that is geared towards those who are young adults who want to follow Jesus and live the gospel life wherever the journey takes them.
come on in. I'm doing announcements today. It's gonna be awesome. Sumis, why don't you guys come up and sit at this table right here? Because there's no one else at that table. Josh has PowerPoint notes when he does announcements, so I have a sticky note. Um, this week, the Washington, D.C. mission trip is leaving at 11 o'clock on Wednesday. So, a lot of that is people who have been here and converged, so please be praying for them and praying for their time and their trip. Um, if, if you don't have this reminder, and you want to be reminded of what we're doing, go ahead and text the number. Uh, keep going, Josh. Or Seth, sorry, not Josh. Okay, you've all seen the hub thing. It's great, do it. If you want to know what's going on in the church, we're making sure. Keep going. There we go, men's breakfast. Uh, Saturday, June 17th, right here, 8.30. Uh, so that is next Saturday. If any guys are in town and want to meet other guys in the church, um, I think Pastor Nathan, Anybody know Pastor Nathan doing something for that? I assume so, but maybe not. Anyways, come at 8.30, you'll get breakfast, and you will enjoy uh, some conversation with guys from different stages in life. Um, my next announcement is that Shelby is moving to Mexico in like two weeks or three weeks. I, I never remember when. So say goodbye to Shelby. Say farewell. You know how to say it in Spanish, help her out. Um, there you go. Thank you. She'll be there for two years working at a Christian school down there as a PE teacher. And so, Shelby, thanks for all that you have contributed here to Converge. And I'm going to open with prayer. Um, but then after I open, I have a question for you guys to start with. So, dear Lord Jesus, thank you so much for this group of Friends, I pray that you would put your hand upon us, that you would be with us in our conversations, that they would be glorifying to you, and that as we open the word of God, we would listen to it, and we would hold it above our heads, and we would submit to it. I pray that your spirit would be active in teaching us who you are, your grace and your glory, and how Jesus has provided a way for us to the Father. I thank you for this group and for this time, in your name, amen. Okay, so Dave is teaching today on Proverbs, and as we get started at your tables, um, if you will spend the next five or 10 minutes talking about what is the best piece of wise advice someone has given to you in your life. The best piece of wise advice. Ready, go.
wondering if anybody wants to share their uh, their nuggets of wisdom with the rest of the group today at our table. Interestingly enough, two out of the six actually um, threw down some proverbs already. So we maybe that happened at your table as well. But um, but I'm wondering, anybody wanna anybody wanna share for everybody the truth that you've been living by? Or not living by, as the case maybe you heard it and didn't apply it, yeah. Yes, sir. Shortness of life, the certainty of death, and the length of eternity. Yeah, good. I think if we if we interpreted more time, more immediate times, more more nows in those um, uh, factors, then that would be yeah, that would kind of change some of our decision making, wouldn't it? Yeah, good. All right. Well, oh, sorry, Bob. Go ahead. Which says, um, wherever you are, be all there. Did you say that one? I didn't steal it from him. He probably stole it from me. Uh, wherever you are, be all there. Live to the hilt every situation you believe to be the will of God. That, um, that I tend to spend my time thinking about what's next or what has been. And God has us here for now to invest deeply where he's got us now. And to think in terms of the certainty of death and the brevity of life and the length of eternity, those kind of things help you to help you to invest deeply now and not always be pining away for what's next. So, yeah, great. Um, so, 
this week, if you've been tracking with our Bible reading plan, has been almost until today, like all in Proverbs. And so we've been reading um, a lot of Proverbs. They're they tend to be short, quick statements of good truth, things that we should apply to our lives, some that seem hard to apply at times, some that seem maybe displaced in time from where we're at right now, and sometimes even like jumbled up in a, you know, in a mix of, of one chapter of all the different things that are coming at you. The other thing that... Um, that it tends to do, at least from my perspective, is uh, sometimes it, the book of Proverbs seems to promise really big things that are almost certainties. Like if you do this, then riches will come. If you do this, then long life is yours and those kind of things. And so I wanted to, I wanted to talk there just for a minute, but also point you to... Um, to a resource we've mentioned it a couple of times in here, but Pastor Nathan and Pastor Mike are doing a podcast weekly that also follows along the Bible reading plan, and they released an episode this week on Proverbs, and they address this uh, in, in more time than I'm going to address it today, but, but these things are really generalizations that, as a, as a general rule, uh, the return on investment of holiness is better than the return on an investment in sin. That, um, that you, by following God will and his commandments, will experience a longer or more fulfilling life. But there are exceptions that Proverbs doesn't bring out. And so if you want to dig into that a little bit more, I'd recommend that you um, check out that podcast. It's called Focus on Christ. And uh, it's really good. They, they're releasing weekly episodes uh, that traces with the Bible reading plan. So you want to check that out. Now, the other thing that we get in here is I, I seem to read this and think, okay, what does this say to me about what I will do or should do or will receive if this is true? Okay, they're kind of self-focused. And um, again, in the podcast, but also, you know, also just um, as a rule, what we're talking about here is that the Proverbs stem from a perspective on walking with God that explains life a little bit more. Okay, the way Pastor Nathan referred to it is that uh, you have the law in the Old Testament and the, and the Proverbs sort of give some specifics of how that should be walked out. So for instance, um, we know from the Ten Commandments that adultery is wrong. We know from the Proverbs that you shouldn't even walk down the street of the prostitute because now you're going to expose yourself to these temptations that are going to, uh, that are going to overwhelm you if you are putting yourself in proximity to these so it helps to walk out the truths of, of what God has already said. But I think that there are some places in Proverbs that help us to really bring our perspective back on the God of the Proverbs rather than the Proverbs of God. That, that we want the truths or the things that we can apply and, and make, uh, make our life different um, or better or more successful 
but it helps us to actually focus on the God who is behind those Proverbs. And I want us to spend our time there today. And so specifically, I want us to be in Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs 3. We're going to look at the first 12 verses. And um, and I'm going to give you a task as a table to process through these verses. Okay, but let me read them for you. Proverbs 3, verses 1 through 12. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart, so you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your paths, make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be weary of his reproof. For the Lord reproves him whom he loves as a father, the son in whom he delights. Okay, we've read 12 verses. They're, they're paired up. Okay? There are six pairs of verses here that uh, give an instruction and then a promise that relates to that instruction. And I believe that there are six, six views of God, six glimpses of God's character um, or his nature that are visible in these six pairs of verses. Okay, And so what I want you to do as a table is I want you to go through these six pairs of verses, and I want you, as a group, to not look at the proverb that God has given, but what the proverb reveals about the God who gave it. Okay? So, um, you should come up, and a couple of them are harder than others, okay? So if you need the softball ones, maybe hit the, hit the middle first, and then, and then go to the beginning. The beginning may be the, the one that stretches the mind just a little bit more on on exactly how we see God. But I want you to uh, I want you to try to see six different glimpses of God or his nature and uh, and uh, and then try to capsule encapsulate it in a in a phrase or something, okay? We're going to spend 10-15 minutes doing that and and then we're going to get back together and try to share together what we see about God from his word as he reveals it in the Proverbs.
should uh, come back together so we can have a little bit of a discussion before our time is over. Hopefully you've made it through at least part of this with some success in seeing God as he reveals himself, even in these Proverbs that seem to be, do this and you will receive and, and have a tendency of kind of turning that perspective back on ourselves. But let's try our best to see the God in the proverb and not just the proverb that is from God. So, um, all right. So the, the first two pairs of verses I think are the hardest. Okay, so maybe you felt the same way. Maybe you didn't. Maybe you are quicker on that one. Um, but it, it starts off with, My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments for length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Okay, so we have to understand that, that um, this teacher, this father that's, that's here, is speaking to his son and saying, you need to keep my, keep these rules that I'm telling you, okay? But what he's telling him is the law of God, okay? That, that if he's doing what he's supposed to as a father in the history of Israel, then it's his job to pass on the, the knowledge and commandments of God to the next generation. And so as he's doing that, and he's taking some ownership of them, we should be able to understand that, that the teaching and the commandments that he's given are those that have been given from God. And so if we were to try to see um, the character of God that's here as, the, as the, the writer says, follow these commandments and the length of your days, the years of your life uh, will be longer and the peace that they'll have are, is gonna be greater. How would you try to encapsulate the character of God there? Any thoughts? Fantastic. And so if this, is, if this is the nature of our God, then his truths are valuable and should be followed. What he, what he teaches in his word, what he has given us as, as the commandments uh, that we are to follow, they are worth following. And he has the power to, um, to return, give you a return on the investment of walking with him. Whether or not this is... Uh, you know, whether you personally experience this, this is his general character that, that life is longer and, and more peaceful when you're walking with God than if you, are, uh, if you are pursuing your own desires. Okay, so he moves on and he says, let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck, write them on the tablet of your heart so, they, so you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. When I read 
steadfast love and faithfulness, um, it takes me immediately back to the law itself, okay? Where, um, where God reveals himself in those two terms, okay? Exodus, uh, if, you, if you want to look back real quick, Exodus chapter 34, verses 6 through six and 7 say, The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, but who will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. That he reveals himself here in these verses as having a character of steadfast love and faithfulness. So when you read, let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you, bind them around your neck, write them on the tablet of your heart, so you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. How do you see, how do you see your um, understanding of God's character there? Now, obviously, we've just just said, okay, this is his character. He has revealed it. So now, how do we relate to his character in that? Any thoughts? What did your group say about those verses? Yeah. That you're only going to find it in the Word of God. You will see it. It's, it's saturated. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think that the people that would be hearing this from the, the son that would be hearing this from his father would know the that the law has stated that God is steadfast love and faithfulness. And that as he hears, as he hears from uh, you know, it harkens back to the law itself. He says, let not steadfast love and faithfulness depart from you. In fact, in fact, bind it close to you. Keep it near you. Let it be written onto your heart that, that the character of God is, is eternal, okay? Steadfast love and faithfulness. Both of those, both of those um, carry the idea of continually and reliable, right, in, in love and faithfulness, that he is going to be, um, he's going to be faithful to you, and he's going to be consistently uh, loving in what he does, steadfast love and faithfulness, that you need to model this character because you're going to put this on your heart. You're going to let this be um, inscribed onto your heart, that as you walk through life, the character of God is consistent and greater than what you would like to develop in yourself and so it is to be modeled and that as you model it he says you'll find favor and good success in the sight of God and man that we will be modeling our father to the world around us if we model steadfast love and faithfulness so then we hit two super familiar verses. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. And we get into the, the maybe more 
um, accessible ones here, maybe just the more straightforward ones. So when you see this, trust in the Lord with all your heart, rather than the return on it, that you want the straight paths, because that's how sometimes we jump to it, right? Okay, I want, I want to understand what's next in my decision making, so we want the straight path. What does this say about the God who promises the straight path? Okay. He's omnipotent over the past. Okay. What else? Maybe like a like a provider. Like he knows the right path for you. He has fallen sinful creatures. We we see what we want to see. But that that path might not be straight or good for our souls. But we should like trust on lean on God. Yeah, good. I heard some sounds from over here. He's trustworthy. Yeah. So we see, I think, that God's perspective and his power over our future is greater than ours. And so we should rely on him. He goes on and says, kind of in some similar overlapping discussion here, right? Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. What'd your group talk about there? Be not wise in your own eyes. How many of you find yourself practicing self-reliance in your own wisdom here? And it's a pretty, I think it's a pretty natural place for us to land that surely I know best for me. Right? And what we're seeing in, these, in this truth, in this proverb, is don't be wise in your own eyes. Rather, trust the perspective, trust the wisdom of a God who knows all. And in that, you'll have healing for your flesh and refreshment to your bones. If we couple this with the truths in the New Testament about not being anxious, about not about not relying, you know, if we can connect the not being anxious with not relying on our own wisdom, I think we begin to see some refreshing uh, peace from God in not being anxious over, in not, in not resting in our own anxiety. And our culture is, is just ripe with anxiety, right? That we, would, that we would need to trust in the Lord who has the wisdom uh, that is greater than ours. And turn away from evil. There are two things here. That he's wise and good. We should turn to him. But also turn away from evil. That this is when there's healing to your flesh. And refreshment to your bones. Verses 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with your wealth. 
and the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty, and your vats will be bursting with wine. I think what we see here is an understanding that God's provision is greater, and we should reflect his generosity because of it. Okay? That, we, that we get to model him in um, honoring him with our wealth and with the first fruits of our produce, that we should be good stewards of what we've been given because God's provision is greater than we understand it. And then lastly, my son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be weary of his reproof. For the Lord reproves him whom he loves as a father the son in whom he delights. That God's discipline of us is from an eternal perspective that is better than maybe we feel immediately because he sees the end from the beginning. And that in all his ways, he's steadfast love and faithfulness. And so even in his discipline, he's building you into the person that he's designed you to be. As a father has a different perspective over the development of, the, of his son, our God sees the end from the beginning, and we can trust his discipline. He's a loving God whose commandments should be followed, whose character is consistent, whose wisdom is greater, whose provision is more bountiful, and whose discipline is trustworthy. And so as we read these Proverbs, as you continue, if you're in the reading plan, we'll revisit a few more um, through, the, through the next several weeks. Don't miss the God behind the proverb. The character of who he is and why it is that we would model him in these kinds of ways. Okay? Uh, let's pray. And then we've got um, one special thing we want to do before we end. Okay? Father, thank you for your wisdom that's in your word. Thank you that you have chosen to show us your character. And even when we are easily drawn away into thinking, how can I get something out of this? What, what's this mean for me that if we take a long enough look, we can see that you are revealing yourself to us? So, Father, help us to not miss you as we read your truth. Help us to know you better from your word. Father, we love you, and we pray that we would reflect you, reflect you well to the people that we come into contact with this week. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to pray one more time, but specifically for Shelby. So we want Shelby to come up. Come on. Come on, Shelby. And um, Shelby has been with us for, uh, for a little while. She has um, come to Lynchburg, and I don't want to tell your whole story, but, but I'm going to give a little context, okay? That Shelby came to Lynchburg, and she met Jesus here. And in that, her support group of walking with Jesus has mostly been located here. And Shelby's about to uproot from that. And we want to pray for her as she goes, and we want to remember to pray for her while she is gone. She's going to utilize the next two years of her life to make an impact 
on kids and parents of these kids in Mexico uh, using the gifts that God has given her in education in a context where she can be on the front lines of introducing people to Jesus. Okay? So I would love for us to pray for her. Sarah, with all that enthusiasm, will you come and pray for her? I'm going to just let you borrow this. If you want to come say bye to Shelby, um, then please do, and we'll see you next week.
thank you for listening to the podcast. If you would like to get plugged into a small group, just text HB Converge to 81010 and you will get the text reminders for all the small groups. If you have any questions, just respond to one of those text reminders and it will go to our leadership team and they will be able to respond to you directly.